0: This is Christian Book Blurb, brought to you by author and songwriter Matt McCleary. Get a behind-the-scenes glimpse into the lives of some of your favourite Christian authors. Hear about their books and faith. Also, why not check out my website, mattmccleary.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Christian Book Blurb podcast. I am really pleased to be joined today by author Joanna Watson. Hello, Joanna.
1: Hi, Matt. Thanks for
0: having me. Oh, it's great to um, be with you today, chatting about you as an author. Also, of course, about your book called Light Through the Cracks. Um, We'll be finding more about that in just a while. So let's just start off then for those listening to the podcast today who haven't heard of Joanna Watson before. And where are you based?
1: I'm based in Oxfordshire in the UK.
0: Oh, lovely. And being an author, is this, is this what you do all day, every day? Or is there another string to your bow?
1: No, I also have a day job. Being an author doesn't uh, exactly pay the bills, not yet anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> I also lead a large team for Tear Fund, which is a Christian relief and development NGO or organisation that works in lots of different countries around the world.
0: Oh, lovely. And so being an author then, how, how has this come about? How, you know, did one day you'd have a dream that saying, you know, go and be an author? Or did some significant thing in your life happen? And you thought, I really have to write about that? Or I don't know, what what brought you to becoming an author?
1: Oh my goodness, that's such a long story. So back in August 1999, I had a very serious car accident. Um, Strictly speaking, I could be dead or paralysed, and I'm not. Uh, The car that I was in went over the edge of a mountain road in pitch black darkness in the United States, down about 50 metres, and ended up on its roof. And upside down and held in by my seatbelt, I had fractured my back in two places. And... That is the opening story for my book, Light Through the Cracks, How God Breaks In When Life Turns Tough. And the book contains 10 true stories. And I guess what happened after the accident, I had a number of friends who said to me, you need to write down all the details of the way God has broken into what's happened before, during and after the accident. And I think they were very fortuitous because I did write down the details And then sometime later, well, at the time they had said to me, one day you might write a book. And then sometime later, I found myself really contemplating writing a book because um, I guess what had been happening is that miracle stories were finding me. And I initially set up a blog and then that grew and the readership grew. And then I had three instances where different people spoke into my life prophetically and all of them spoke about writing and so I thought I really need to take this seriously I need to think about writing a book and I knew that my story would be the opening chapter and I had a number Mm -hmm. of other people known to me whose stories were I guess dramatic in a certain sense that they were too long for the blog the blog is more short stories in the moment the book is more stories that have taken place over a period of time and so I found myself uh, compressing my hours in my day job in order to release a day a week to write and it took seven years of Mondays um, to complete it and so we now have this book that got published a few months ago called Light Through the Cracks, How God Breaks In When Life Turns Tough. So I hope that answers your question.
0: Mm, mm, no, very interesting. Um, I, I like how the miracle stories um, started finding you. That's, that's really, really good. Um, it's an interesting title, Light Through the Cracks. Why, why did you choose that title?
1: And partly because it was the inspiration of some amazing friends of mine called Elvin and Jackie Turner, who I was brainstorming one night with and said, how can I come up with a title that will link together these disparate stories? And we brainstormed Mm. and the the, basically the 10 true stories in the book are united by a common theme in that all of them speak of situations where life turns really tough. Metaphorically, they become dark. You know, whether it's a cancer diagnosis, whether it's a car accident, whether it's a premature baby, whether it's um, chronic fatigue, it doesn't matter what the situation is. Life gets tough and things get dark. And in all the stories, God breaks in, his light gets in through the cracks. And there's a famous Leonard Cohen quote that that talks about that and says basically that, um, I'm just trying to remember his quote, he says, there is a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. And there's also a Bible verse, John 1 verse 5, which says the light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. And that's referring to Jesus. And you know, whether you want to go with Leonard Cohen or whether you want to go with the Gospel of John and Jesus's words or the description of Jesus through John's words. Um, mm. It's a description of what the book's about, because it's basically saying mm. the light can't be extinguished in these stories. It shines even in the midst of the darkness.
0: Mm. Because it's, it's a collection of these different, um, really personal stories. And you said it took you seven years of Mondays to write it um how did you do that (laughs) how did you balance writing with work because i would imagine because it's not it's not like i don't know a work of fiction or something or, or your personal story only where you can just lock yourself in a room and sort of plan it and write it because it involves other people um you know how you know How did you research it or interview, or what did that process behind the scenes look like in in bringing and pulling the book together?
1: I should say that my day job in pre pandemic involved quite a lot of international travel. So I did work out one time that I think it would have taken about nine or 10 months of solid writing if I'd done it literally back to back weeks. Um, The way that I did it was identifying potential stories. that could go in the book. And I had a couple of people who said they didn't want to be included. And then I had others who came along unexpectedly and did want to be included. And for every single one, um, the main characters in the story are named. Everybody else is alluded to, but anonymously because of the challenge with getting permissions. But each one, I interviewed the people involved, the named people involved, length and in detail and then transcribe the recordings. And obviously that process for each story, given the book's 84,000 words, took quite a long time. And one story at a time, I would then incorporate various other sources. So for example, my own personal journal entries or notes from letters or cards or prayer emails, prayer WhatsApp groups, prayer texts, plus where applicable blog posts from One of the stories, um, the people involved were writing blogs regularly throughout the whole scenario or newspaper cuttings or song lyrics or Bible verses. There were just a lot of sources of material and I had this mound of raw material per story and I just then had to tackle each story one at a time and put it together in a really coherent way and then create a, I guess, narrative voice that bound the whole book together. You can definitely hear my voice and the way the stories are told. And everyone named gave their permission to be included. Um, but I guess the challenge with writing a true story is you've got to get a good balance because it's not a journalistic report. It's not a newspaper report, but it's also not a novella. <laughs> you know, I can't make things up. Yeah. Um, so they've got to be yeah. accurate but you don't want them to be mind-numbingly, factually boring. <laughs> and they're yeah. at their heart story. So I've written them in a very accessible way. And people who've read them have said they're raw, they're real, and they're messy. Because I've written in them in the first person present tense as a way of making you feel like you're there in that instance. You, you're part mm-hmm. of that story as you're reading. You don't know what the ending's going to be and they don't all have happy endings, but God is still broken Mm -hmm. in. And I included in um, and inserted conversations throughout as well. And sometimes those were approximations. A few of them were actually recorded and recalled word for word. Um, But I just felt where it brought clarity or where it brought a sense of personal engagement. I did my best with each story and everybody whose stories are in there is happy.
0: Mm Hmm, it is, as you're describing it, it is quite a a task that you undertook in writing that. and yeah, yeah, you can you can appreciate the work that's gone into it.
1: If I'd known the complications of writing this type of genre, I might not have used it as my first foray into being an author. <laughs> Put it that way. it's It's one of the most complicated types of format to write. I've been told mm. afterwards. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, just as well, because you may never have attempted it if if you'd had known that before, maybe. Possibly.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I still would have had the book in me, and it just needed to be, it just needed to be written.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, miracles. Um, your, your book is full of them. Um, are miracles something the church needs to be speaking about? today? Are miracles still relevant to life today? Um, some people might even say, you know, do miracles still happen today? You know, some people don't think that they do. What What is your whole take on the sort of the broad um, spectrum of, of miracles and their place in Christian life today? Do we need to talk about them more? Or, you know, what are your thoughts?
1: Mm. miracles definitely still happen today. You know, the Bible tells us that God is the same yesterday, today, forever. Well, specifically, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, forever. And also his word is unchanging. Um, And the Christian faith is full of miracles. If you take the miracles out of Christianity, you don't have a lot left. And if you take the miracles out of the Bible, you don't have a lot left. So if God did miracles in the Bible, he did miracles in history, why would he not be doing miracles in the present day? Um, And I guess part of the reason for writing the book has been to show that he's still in the miracle business today, not just in the dim and distant past, not just in some far-flung part of the world, but here at home in the UK in the 21st century. And One of the things that I found really interesting, particularly with the stories in the book that are about healing rather than provisional protection, are the number of medical professionals who just are confounded and say it makes no medical sense what's happened to these particular people in these stories. And I guess miracles are possible because God is at work in both the spiritual realm as well as the physical realm. Um, in the or- in the ordinary and in the extraordinary. And in that sense, I think we in the West, we in the UK do need to engage more with miracles because we tend to intellectualize everything in our cultural worldview. Yeah. We tend to see everything very much as it has to be scientific, it has to be proven. And some- somehow if something's supernatural, it's less tangible and it's a bit more questioned. But I personally feel that God heals through medicine, but he also heals supernaturally. He provides financially through the steady income of a reliable job, but he also provides out of thin air. You know, he expects us to heed warning signs, but he also sends angels to protect us from danger. He speaks through the Bible, but he also speaks through dreams and visions. It's it's kind of, it's both mm. and, it's not either or. Mm. And mm. my blog and my book, my blog's at joannawatson.co.uk, the blog and the book reflect that the stories are ones where God is working in the ordinary and in the extraordinary. But I think the thing with miracles is they're always about God, they're never about us and they don't happen routinely. So it's impossible to predict whether a miracle is going to happen in advance. We have no way of knowing. Um, Mm. And they are still relatively rare, but I think Mm. they happen more often than we realize. And it's good to have our eyes and ears open and to pray with faith and trust and just say, God, you can do it. So maybe you could do it on this occasion. There's no guarantee he will, mm. but he could.
0: You mentioned that not all of your, the miracles you talk about in your book had happy endings. So my question is, what about those people who ask God for a miracle, and either they don't get a miracle, or necessarily they don't get the outcome they were hoping for. Mm. What, it's really what hard. would you say to those people?
1: Well, my book answers the question how. It doesn't answer answer the question why. The subtitle is "How God Breaks In When Life Turns Tough," and it's really saying for these ten stories, this is how it happened. It doesn't ask or answer why did God do it for them and not for somebody else quite deliberately? Because there are other books out there that ask that question and answer it really well. Um, I guess my immediate response though is sometimes there is a blockage. And again, this is about a Western worldview where we don't tend to see it very often because we separate out the spiritual from the literal. Mm -hmm. But I think people who are from countries in the global South will understand this more that, you know, if if you need to forgive someone, you need to forgive them. Unforgiveness can be a block. If you need to confess a sin, you need to confess a sin. And if God's asked you to do something and you've disobeyed and not done it, you need to get on and obey. You know, those are three very fundamental, basic spiritual principles where if you're not in right relationship with God because of unforgiveness, because of unconfessed sin or because of disobedience... Then he's in a place where he says, I can hear your prayer, but I can't quite answer it yet. And we do need to take responsibility for that. And I think sometimes we just go to God with our shopping list and we ask him to do these things. And he longs to give. He's a good God. He gives good gifts. I think that's one thing. But he also just might say, this isn't right in this situation. And I know know best. I'm in control. And... I'm going to I'm going to give you something that's not quite what you were expecting. Yeah. And I think particularly for me in praying for people with cancer I often say to people well has God said he's going to heal you do you want us to pray for healing or is actually God calling you home is he saying now's the time for you to come home because then that will influence how I pray very very differently. You know do you pray that somebody mm. dies well mm. or do you pray that actually you get that miraculous healing? And the person involved, I think, needs to hear from God to know which way to pray.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yes. And it's important to to know as well, I think, that um, just because you don't get the outcome you were hoping for, it doesn't necessarily mean that God has abandoned you or God isn't listening to your prayer. Um, there There might be some of that in it, as you were saying earlier, that that might be part of it, but not, not always, not necessarily. And that, yeah, sometimes we're asking the wrong questions. Yeah. Um, We, 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 we praying, may my will be done. (laughs) Mm, mm. I want this to happen. May my will be done. And, and, and God sometimes goes, well, actually, no, my, you know, it's going to be God's will. That's Mm, going to be done and not yours. So, and that can be really difficult. But as you say, I really like that, asking the question of the person who you're praying for, um, if they've heard from God. Mm. Um, and if they haven't heard from God, actually that being the, the nudge they need to, mm. to go to God and say, okay, <laughs> what, what's going on here? What is your mm. will? Mm. You know, I, I think we all very clearly know what our will is mm. in nearly every situation, but it's, it's taking that step back isn't it and asking God what's Mm. your will and then one of the common yeah pursuing that
1: one of the common patterns in the book so in in light through the cracks how God breaks in when life turns tough Mm. one of the common patterns is that God speaks really clearly to the key personal people involved and either gives them a scripture verse or a prophetic promise and then the situation goes the complete opposite and then through that time they have to absolutely hold on to what God has said and I think there is something about learning to hear and discern God's voice. You know, and if your listeners or any of your listeners struggle to do that, there are ways in which you can really learn. I mean, the primary way is through scripture. And there are several stories where God gave a very clear scripture verse to the people involved that they could then hold on to. And the same with where it was more of a contemporary word, a prophetic word, they just held on.
0: Mm. I'd yeah say, God, that's really you good promised. really good yes you're right you know, i've experienced months that months myself personally yeah months. yeah you're right yeah yeah yes oh it sounds like a really interesting book it's if you haven't read um light through the cracks when life gets tough do get a copy it is really good stuff let us turn very briefly to joanna watson the person rather than Joanna Watson, the author. Um, Our listeners like to get a bit of a behind-the-scenes glimpse into the lives of the authors we chat to on this podcast. So um, do you do anything in your spare time? Do you do anything for fun or any quirky hobbies you have, or maybe not so quirky? Anything you'd like to share with us about sort of your life? behind the pen as it were
1: i love that behind the pen i love writing i do love writing i journal prolifically um and having said earlier about god speaks through the bible and he speaks through dreams and visions i get dreams quite a lot and often i'm writing them down um I love cycling and I love walking and I live in a beautiful, beautiful part of the country. Oxfordshire countryside is just gorgeous. You've got the Chiltern Hills in one direction. You've got the Cotswolds in another direction. You've got the Ridgeway. And when it is a sunny day, you can just head out for miles at a time. Um, I love hanging out with my friends, with my family and lots and lots of little people in my life (laughs) who always just say it as it is. (laughs) And I, yeah, love cooking, I love baking, just opening my home to people and, yeah. But I do love writing. I know that that's Mm. a a thing that authors often say, (laughs) but I do really, really enjoy it. It gives me a lot of life to write and process in that way.
0: Because you love writing so much, is there anything um, coming up, uh, on the writing front have you got another book sort of bubbling away um as we speak or have you got plans to write something else or what's next for Joanna Watson oh my
1: goodness (laughs) I have I have so many book ideas I don't know where to start um the thing I'm working on at the moment is a, a simple study guide to go with the book so one thing I was not expecting were readers from both the US and the UK to come back to me and say oh I really wish there was some sort of book group kind of guide with questions covering the themes so I'm working on that at the moment and it's looking at some of the common themes from across all the stories such as hearing God's voice or miracles like why and when and how do they happen and healing and suffering things like that you know big topics but I think it generates a conversation as people read mm. the book um, I've also got two other ideas for books <laughs> one would be more of a devotional and another compilation of 10 true stories in fact I have already got four for that second book um, mm. again they have just found me so
0: similar theme on miracles or different yeah no
1: theme? very similar theme. it would be it okay. would be another more light through more cracks
0: all <laughs> oh, right okay <laughs> <laughs> no that
1: wouldn't be what it's called but that would be the yeah gist but I, of yeah,
0: yeah what yeah. it
1: would be because it seems to have hit a spot you look at the reviews mm. online mm. um and the feedback that i've been getting people have been really inspired and their faith has been raised in a way that completely exceeded my expectations and I can't help but wonder whether it's because it's been published in a pandemic and there's so much kind of hopelessness and cynicism and despair around us at the moment, especially in the media, that to have a book that completely and utterly contradicts it and says, God is good. Mm. God is at work. And here are some hope-filled stories that it's giving people a different narrative and they are actually quite hungry mm. for it.
0: Yeah, oh, really good. Oh, It's all exciting stuff. How can people find out more about you? Have you got a website? Are you on social media? Where can people go?
1: Yes and yes. Uh, My website is joannawatson.co.uk and people can sign up there to get regular once a month updates from me by email with news of new blogs, posts and articles and podcasts and things like that. So that's joannawatson.co.uk and I am on Facebook and Instagram at Joanna Watson on both platforms at Joanna Watson
0: That's wonderful. Well, thank you, Joanna, for being our special guest on this episode of the Christian Book Blurb podcast. Do go and check out her stuff online, on her website, on her socials, and also grab yourself a copy of her fabulous book, Light Through the Cracks. Thank you, Joanna, for joining us today.
1: Thanks, Matt. It's been a privilege
0: and thank you as well for tuning in for another edition of the christian book blurb don't worry we'll be back again in about two weeks time with another installment with another fantastic christian author so do tune in again a bit later on um, this month or early next month and we'll be back with another edition of the christian book blurb thanks for listening to christian book blurb with your host matt mccleary Do give it a like, give it a share and let your friends know all about it. We do hope to see you again soon on another Christian Book Blurb.